Hello, this is Hers to Tell, Season 2, Episode 4, and this is your host, Christine Anjard. Hers to Tell is a podcast that's for anyone who might be struggling with anxiety, maybe has a little insecurity, somebody who's feeling um, down for a day or down for a week just because of everything that's going on, or just someone who simply needs a boost of confidence. We're truly here to bring women together to talk about overcoming adversity and that will ultimately lead to a sense of community, which is what the world desperately needs right now. So tonight we are talking about the role that positivity can have on your motivation, and we could not be more excited to talk about this. I think the world is in dire need of positivity, so this will be a great uh, topic for this evening. So this topic, amongst others, um, are from everyday women, and like I mentioned, it'll just really help us to build a community that will surround people with love and support. So tonight we have Miss Randy, and Randy and I became connected through a mutual friend. We share our love of talking and nature and God and almost everything under the sun. So Randy, it's great to have you here. Thanks so much for coming this evening. Christine, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm honored. Yeah, I'm so excited. So to kick off the episode, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do it? Yeah, thanks. Um, It's a complex question. I like to say that I mentor and teach, which kind of is the umbrella term for all the different jobs that I have. So I have been working in an elementary school the last couple of years as a paraeducator. So I've been working one-on-one with a little girl with Down syndrome. She has become the joy of my life and has taught me so much. And then I also work with college students and I uh, work with Young Life, so I'm on staff there. And I do some mentoring, and I'm team leader of my team. And then besides that, I dog sit, babysit, wedding coordinate, <laughs> proctor bar exams, you name it. <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds like your all of what you do in your life is all about giving to others. So tell me a little mm. bit about why you do what you do. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. That kind of is the motivation, is how how can I serve other people? I studied psychology in college, and honestly, the only reason I studied it was because I wanted to understand people. And so why do I do what I do? A lot of it has to do with what is life-giving for me. And so seeing someone inspired is really motivational for me. So if I am able to impart any sort of wisdom or teaching or just build someone up, that's uh, super motivational. And so that's kind of what drives my work. That's amazing to have the opportunity to do that and to truly see somebody's progress Hmm. and see somebody inspired and working to even get there and potentially working to survive too. So Hmm. is there any moment that you can remember where you felt like you were really doing that or where you felt like you were like truly fulfilling your like destiny or your calling? So I think with Young Life, there's one girl in particular who I've been walking with her these past couple years. She just graduated from college and we have very different beliefs and lifestyles and yet we have a really great friendship and she continues to want to meet with me and uh, have coffee and we had a puppy play date the other day and she it's just amazing to see the importance of just showing up in someone's life 
And that's a huge part of what we do in Young Life is just showing up and walking with people through life. And that has showed me that even though we're so different, she trusts me because I'm present and I listen and she knows where I have different views, but we still respect each other. And that's been amazing to see and really humbling. That's amazing. That's really good that you can both give and receive from mm-hmm. each other and be there and be present for each other and listen and interact and have pu- puppy play dates. <laughs> like there's that element of surprise and playfulness and and also you can have serious conversations and not have to worry about being judged or anything like that. It seems yeah. like you can talk to her pretty easily. So for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about Young Life and what it stands for. Yeah, so Young Life is it's a Christian organization that uh, seeks to introduce Christ to every adolescent and help them grow in their faith. So that's kind of the heart of it. The The meat of it is uh, young adults or older adults walking with kids through life. So we know that they have parents and family, but sometimes teenagers need those other adults to be their inspiration or to just be there for them for a bad breakup or Uh, Even I taught one of my girls how to pump gas, like (laughs) just those little moments in life. And so, yeah, kind of the the meat of it is just, as as I said, showing up, hanging out with them, showing that we're not going anywhere. And then kind of the other, the the programmatic part of it is uh, we have like a large group meeting once a week. And then we have small groups where we can, we, we, we like to compare it to a house. So like the front porch is where we can hang out with a bunch of students from all different backgrounds, kind of that shallower level of like introductions and just getting to know them. And then some students were able to take them into the living room and living room is our life group. So we're able to talk about deeper things, kind of establish that trust more. And then the students who we really pour into and who we really get to know are the ones we bring into the kitchen because the best talks come in the kitchen. <laughs> so we like to compare it to that. That's kind of like, I think the best image of what we do. I really like that comparison to the house, especially like <laughs> from porch, living room, kitchen. That was a good, that was a good uh, walkthrough. So thanks for taking us through that. <laughs> so you're truly a role model for them is, is what I, I mean. try to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's so sweet that you do that. And you're, you're giving your passion and you're telling them about life and you're giving them life lessons and you're meeting with them one-on-one and in small group settings and just really like giving yourself to help others, Hmm. which is very selfless. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, is selfish because I know it's helping me grow, (laughs) but in the end, yeah, it's, I have found that the most life giving things that we can do in life are things we do for others. Yeah. It's a hard lesson to learn though. It is. I also, just to add to that, I also find when you give more to others, you become more happy. Like, it's almost Mm. like the less that you focus on yourself and sometimes the more that you focus on others, you just find more fulfillment. And the more you give, I feel like the more you receive. Like, I don't know. It's just, I've just been so blessed all the times that I just like, don't think about me and what I want and just try and put others first. Yes. And I think that those are the times that I've received the most blessings. Mm. So... That is so true. And I feel like I have to keep relearning that lesson mm-hmm. because so many times, even in a, in a conversation with a friend, my first instinct is still like, I want to tell them 
all these details about this situation that just happened and like mm-hmm. update them in my life. And I have to check myself and say, wait, this is a friendship. It's a two way street. Let me ask them about them first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ends up being way more life giving. I just thought we just have to keep relearning that lesson. So many yeah, times. you're growing. Just like, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a beautiful thing. Um, and it's beautiful that we can talk about it openly. So tell me about, uh, you mentioned that you have also like one-on-one get-togethers with some of the people that are in your small group. Mm-hmm. So have there been times, or I guess have you heard any of your members in your group or students in your group talk about their struggles with COVID-19? Mm-hmm. And if so, what advice have you given them or what positivity <laughs> have you shared with them? Yeah, what a great question. So working with college students, this it's a very you know it's been a difficult time for everyone but for college students if you know we both remember being in college things seemed like a much bigger deal everything seemed like a big deal <laughs> and you're still trying I was to also think, a little dramatic in college right so. we all were a little dramatic in college and yeah little things seem huge in the in the present so you know some of my students were seniors when covid hit so they are expect their expectations for a huge grad ceremony and party were completely crushed. Mm-hmm. A lot of students had to come back from study abroad. Yeah, just in retrospect, I don't think that these things will seem really big, but they do in the moment. And then this summer, a lot of students haven't been able to get jobs. And so a lot of them are sitting around, are stuck with their families, which could be a positive or a negative thing. Mm-hmm. So... The students I've talked to, some of the biggest struggles I've heard are loneliness, lack of motivation, lack of vision, I think, for their lives, and I think lack of discipline as well, and just having endless time, and the natural instinct is to entertain yourself and, I think, distract yourself mm-hmm. with Netflix. Uh, you know, you don't want to face the deeper questions. So, yeah, those have been kind of the top struggles that I've noticed in my college students. Have you had to have any harder conversations or have there been any aha moments from any talks that you've had with them? Hmm. One one student that I've been talking with recently, I just, I could sense that she was having a hard time with her family and that she needed some extrinsic goal and a reminder that she had community outside of her family and Mm -hmm. just she needed some sort of like motivation to come back to campus and so I just asked her if she wanted to study a book of the bible with me just it's it's something that's like a common ground for us and also it'd be a way for us to talk about something that's important and then naturally talk about our lives and so this morning actually we discussed what we had read the last couple of weeks, kind of like a book club. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful because we both had been reading the same thing the last couple of weeks, came up with different thoughts because we're different people. Um, and then we're able to just reflect on that. And naturally, you know, the, the struggles of COVID-19 and other struggles and visions and hopes all kind of like wrapped itself in there. It was just, yeah, really, really cool to see. Just reflecting on what you just said, I love that you 
found something that both of you could connect on. You found a commonality, which was a book, which was the Bible. And you asked her to participate in something with you. So you created accountability, which is the second step. And then you kind of inserted your positivity naturally by just saying, hey, let's talk about it Mm. and let's help each other and let's help each other grow. Mm. So do you know or can you pinpoint what like made you think of that idea or did it just come natural? Honestly, I just it just came when I was talking to her on the phone. Then a goal of mine for the past nine years as a young life leader to have I mean, ideally it would be to have a student ask me, but as a leader, it's often us initiating and then responding. So it's been a goal of mine to study a book of the Bible with a student. And I just, you have to get to a certain level of trust with someone because that can, it can reveal some really personal things and it takes a level of commitment that a lot of high schools and college students are not, are not willing to do on top of their studies. Mm-hmm. And so I think this time during COVID-19, because there is so much time, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think this this girl was really yearning for something to be held accountable to and for her own growth. And it's humbled me as well. Like I've grown so much through my own studying and then even listening to her today. I was amazed at the um, just reflections that she had and her, her thoughts and her uniqueness. And yeah, just, just with that, I think that this time has brought an opportunity for silence, which I think is something that our culture tends to shy away from. And I know I try to shy away from, I try to keep myself busy. And yet it's so important for us to to just be in that silence, whether that's with ourselves or with other people who we're in friendship with, of just being with people. Um, This is kind of getting off (laughs) tangent, but (laughs) something I've been passionate about lately. (laughs) Yeah. Taking time to reflect and figure out what values are near and dear to you and what you're doing with your life Mm -hmm. and what your life means and how you can impact others. I mean, I think that the last three months I've certainly asked myself a lot of these big questions Mm -hmm. and I usually tend to avoid it because that means that I'll like spiral and think about like what I haven't accomplished as opposed to what I have. Mm -hmm. And so that's usually why I tend to avoid those big questions. But that is so encouraging that you're working with people who are not necessarily in your same age group, but can understand and are like mature to a certain extent, right? They can understand how to take something that's greater than themselves, study it, talk about it with another adult and just Mm -hmm. someone they look up to. So that's a really beautiful thing that you're doing. And I'm so glad that you shared your story with us. So are there any other habits or is there any other like things that you do throughout the week that you tell your students about or encourage them to do like you mentioned reading like do you read three or four times a week to have some consistency throughout like this time or or what are some new habits or old habits that you've had that have helped so this time it's been weird for all of us right a lot of us been thrown out of our regular schedules we don't have, sometimes we don't have the community or the structure that we're used to. And so uh, for me, when COVID started, we I started tutoring via Zoom. My schedule loosened up a lot because we weren't, it wasn't a full day. So I had a lot of time on my hands and 
not a lot of people to be with, which is really hard for an extrovert. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and then this summer, things have opened up a little bit. And just with all of my random jobs, I have a very kind of loose and inflexible and infrequent schedule. So with that, habits have been kind of difficult to form just because I don't have a set schedule every day. But one habit that I have started uh, during COVID is sitting on my front porch every morning. And I use, like, I, I'm used to having a time in the morning with my coffee, my journal, my Bible, and just uh, reflecting, talking to God. So I'm used to that, but I think it's, it's just been nice having a spot and a place for that. And I, I think for me, having a physical location for a certain activity is really important, which is hard when you're working from home. Some people can do it. <laughs> I like having a place to go. So I think having the specific spot, like this is where I go and think about life. So that's been something that I have uh, been trying to kind of establish, even with all the craziness of my schedule. That's something I try to keep solid. On the flip side, a somewhat bad habit that I've developed. Um, so as I mentioned before, as an extrovert, the first couple, first few months of COVID were really difficult. And yeah, I, we were just forced into the silence of asking the deeper questions, which is, was really good. But then there was no one to process with unless it was over Zoom, which we all got Zoomed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think I, I find as I, uh, as things are opening up that I just don't have a regular sleep schedule. And I've been realizing the importance of sleep lately, which depending on your season of life, I know, and just from our mutual friend who has a one-year-old, she has to sacrifice a lot, <laughs> and she doesn't really have a choice sometimes in the amount of sleep that she gets. But in our season of life, we do, and I've been realizing it's really important to have kind of a steady schedule. But because I want to see people so much, I have, yeah, just been really infrequent with that, and I've been kind of seeing, I mean, the consequences, like, it's really important to like have a set time and um, to go to bed and to wake up. And it seems like such a simple thing, but it really affects so much. Mm. <laughs> you always hear like, get eight hours of sleep and, mm. you know, mm. you kind of brush it off. But I think it really does have a significant difference in our energy, in our positive energy, you mm-hmm. know, and, and how we give to others the next day. Someone once told me, the decisions you make before nine o'clock at night will affect your decisions after seven o'clock the next morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? Whoops. So it's like, do I watch another Netflix episode? You know, if I don't have my normal routine in the morning of having silence and my coffee, I I am set off for that. Like, I just am wacky the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think... I think structure is really good for us. Um, We all need to kind of figure out what works. Yeah. And that's so great that you mentioned that, I mean, the front porch is a place where you go and you have alone time and you can just really take a few deep breaths and relax and just reflect. Mm. And that really starts your day off with success. Mm. And that's a really beautiful habit. I mean, it's a rhythm that creates renewal for your soul. And I think that that is definitely lacking. Like whenever I wake up, I have noticed that a bad habit of mine is the first thing I do is I pick up my phone Mm. and either look at like 
Facebook or look at text messages. And I mean, that's not like the best way to start off, right? You want to start off mm. with, with no, like, you know, anxiety and you just want to be like centered and yeah. you want to be present and you want to be mindful. And so I really respect and like that rhythm and wish to start that. I mean, I think I will start that sometime. <laughs> Soon I should start that tomorrow and just commit. But anyways, what spurred that habit for you or, or what made you think of that and how long have you been doing that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to preface and say I am not perfect at this. <laughs> I too frequently also wake up and just check my phone and it's really this like affirmation seeking thing, right? It's like, oh, does anyone like my picture I posted yesterday or did someone send that email? And uh, so I am not perfect at this. It's just, it's a goal. Uh, as to your question of what spurred this habit, honestly, my parents, uh, I'm very grateful for their own habits that eventually became mine. And what, I mean, back when I was in middle school, they encouraged us to have our own quiet time and they bought us journals and gave us our own Bibles. And they said, you're not too young or you're not too old. Yeah. You're not too young for this. And so just by having it as a regular routine in my household growing up, it was just something that just kept with me. And I'm just, yeah, I'm really grateful for their example in that. Um, and then over the years, um, I have several friends and mentors who uh, are similar in like starting off the morning um, with a similar routine. And that's helped too of knowing like, I'm not the only one doing this. And I can see that it dramatically affects the day. Like for my, for me, for my other friends, they talk about how it sets their day off right. Yeah, and then I think just when a habit is instilled, it's hard to break that habit, which is a really great thing when mm. it's a good habit. Definitely. Because <laughs> then it's just something that is just becomes natural. Uh, yeah, and you, you crave it and you miss it. You crave it and you miss it when you don't have it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that your parents set, set the tone for that and they really encouraged you to welcome and to start and to even continue that. So, I mean, you've been doing that for a while. That's amazing. <laughs> and journaling is such a healthy habit. And I feel like the last thing people want to do is like pick up a book and write things down when you have a phone sitting <laughs> right next to you. So it is so impactful to have just another tool to use to write down whatever you're thinking, whenever you're thinking it even better to have it like at a certain time of the day or at a certain place to make you feel like at home and at rest with your soul. So like, that's really beautiful. Yes. Can I speak on that really quick? Of course. I, I'm just so passionate about journaling that. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. I, I just think everyone should give it a try. It's just when you are writing, I mean, psychologically it, has been proven that when you actually physically write things down, you remember it better and it really becomes more ingrained in your mind and in your heart. Um, and you have it on paper, um, for either yourself or maybe if you're willing for somebody else to read and like get an insight into who you are. Um, I recently gave two journals to a 10 year old and an eight year old thinking, oh, I love getting journals for people. And, but usually it's my friends or college students or high school students. And let's just say they did not appreciate them as much. And I got a little offended at first, but I had to realize this is something that has to be taught. Mm. And 
it takes time and it seems useless sometimes. It's like, am I really going to go back and read this? And I'll be honest, I do. You know, I'll, if I'm trying to process um, a situation uh, in my life and I can't remember like what, what happened or my thoughts and feelings were, I'll go back and it clears things up. And it's amazing to see how much you've grown over the years. If you're able to look back mm-hmm. and say, I actually thought this way, you know, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. um, wow, I've grown so much. So I just encourage everyone to, uh, just to try journaling. Um, you know, even if that's for five minutes a day. What's an easy start to something or a topic or I guess what would you recommend people start with? Hmm. It's a good question. Maybe just the question of what inspired you that day or what struggles did you have that day? Um, How do you feel about that? Yeah, like a reflection on the good things that happened and maybe the challenges that Mm -hmm. you were faced with and what you thought about said challenges. Yeah. Do you ever end your journal entries on a positive note or how do you incorporate positivity when you write? (laughs) Oh, I'm embarrassed to, uh, not actually going to share an example journal entry because sometimes (laughs) that's what people really want to hear. I sound like a dramatic teenage girl in my diary, in my journal sometimes. (laughs) Johnny did not talk to me today. <laughs> Literally. Um, I I actually, so this is kind of, this is a great, this is a really cool question because when I, from ages 12 to probably mid-college, so that's what, about 10 years, I had a separate journal for like my diary. So that was like, what happened today? What crushes do I have? Um, what are my dreams? So my diary and then my prayer journal, which was like, what am I reading from scripture today? What is God speaking to me? And sometime in college, those, the journals just kind of started meshing together. And I now just have one journal that everything's kind of tied up in there, which when I reflected on that and when I realized what was happening, I was like, this is so cool because this is, this is so much more what real life is our lives and our spirituality and what we believe is all wrapped up into into each other. So I usually will start off with kind of my initial thoughts. So I just have to get on page on the page. Um, and then I may reflect on, um, some scripture and, uh, do some observations, uh, apply it to my life. And then I, I try to end every journal entry with a prayer of just, okay whatever feelings, emotions, thoughts, reflections I had, I'm, I'm going to hand them over. I'm going to surrender them. I, um, I'm going to leave it be for a day. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of, kind of the structure of how I do my journals. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I like that structure and you could even spend five minutes doing something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to say I'm going to commit to five minutes every day, but the only reason it's hard to say that is because that five minutes is replacing something else that Mm. you think is crucial at a certain (laughs) time. So like, I don't want to journal, but I definitely want to spend 10 minutes on my phone or (laughs) I don't want to pray, but I definitely want to press snooze five more times. (laughs) Yeah. I've definitely been there and the hardest part to starting is committing. Um, And the reason I bring this up is because this might be a hard question to answer, so feel free to take your time. But 
Tell me about the specific benefit that journaling in the morning has had on your life. Mm. And why you love it so much. Why does it motivate you? Why are you passionate about it? Mm. Yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is that it recenters me. It brings me back to truth. Um, we can all get caught up in lies throughout the day, whether that's negative self-talk uh, or what other people are telling us or media. I mean, we're just being fed lies the entire day through images or words, right? Uh, and journaling first thing in the morning and specifically reading scripture and journaling reminds me of where real truth lies and who I am and what I believe in and acknowledging too, like my imperfections, my, my thoughts and feelings that may need to be reordered. Um, yeah. And then just recentering and just reminding me of who I am at the core. That was a really great answer. <laughs> yeah. And you're smiling and you're beaming from ear to ear when you, when you say that. So it's definitely made an impact on your life in a positive one. I can tell. Would you say it also like motivates you for the day or it just like helps you to get excited for what's to come? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it does. Um, cause I'll, I'll sometimes like journal or think about what's going to happen that day. I'll kind of maybe prepare, um, for what's going to happen that day. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I definitely think it's a good motivator. Yeah. And that's amazing. I think that, I mean, we have talked about this, this pretty much entire episode of just creating rhythm and creating good habits just so that you can stay positive and you can stay motivated. And so you can focus on something outside of yourself. Mm. So those are, I think some of the, biggest key messages that we have to share with others and that's a beautiful message especially during this time like try not to focus on media and everything that's happening in the world and try to just stay true to your values and find what's true to you and find what matters to you find what your soul is fulfilled with and what makes you like truly happy, not just happy surface level, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can find all these temporary things in your life that fills a void, but to really dig deep is hard and it's taking that first step that'll lead to true happiness. Mm. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I do have one final question, and it's something that I like to ask everybody that I interview, but what's one small thing we can do to make the world a better place? Hmm. Ask more questions. You want to ask good questions, too. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, that's something that my dad taught me. Um I mean, he told me specifically in looking for a guy, he was like, make sure you find someone who asks good questions. But I think it could relate to friendships to a stranger you meet on the street. Um, if you think about it, when someone says your name, that's not thing, saying your name, 
and asking you a specific question about your life means so much because they aren't first trying to tell you about their life. They want to know about you. So I think just learning to ask good questions. Yeah, I like that a lot. Because how often, I mean, I think almost every day, every time I start a conversation, hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. It's like <laughs> ingrained Where in my brain. Got, where do you even go with that? <laughs> like you do not ask anything other than that. And then you can say, oh, here's what I want from you. Okay, let's now let's get to the point. <laughs> and it's not like we actually care. We're just saying it because it's a quote unquote courtesy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> can you imagine if instead of saying, hey, how are you? Each person just went a half a step further and said, tell me the most exciting part of your day. Like, what if you just started a conversation like that? So just, hey, how's it going? Like something that causes the other person to say more than a one word answer. Yes. I've always wanted to have a key question or a key phrase that I start off with and I haven't found it yet. I, I, I continue to, you know, do the normal Oh, good. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. And it bugs every time I say it. I'm like, oh, I gotta find that question. <laughs> yeah, because you want to. You want to dig deeper. You just yeah. Wanna, you don't want to be a repetitive robot, if you will. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely can feel you on that. That's something I yearn for because that's how I build trust. Is getting to know people mm-hmm. and hearing how people's day is going I'm just saying good how's your day good when you're like man I'm having such a bad day (laughs) (laughs) but I'm gonna say good because that's what everybody like needs to say yeah but yeah I can I can really relate to that and really respect that and that is definitely some good advice not one that I've heard before but one that I can totally appreciate (laughs) well Randy thanks so much for sharing your message I can't believe that this time's gone by so fast (laughs) So if people heard something from you and they're really excited, like like journaling or any other thing that you mentioned they want to hear more, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, great question. Uh, well, thanks again. This was so fun. And um, I would say reach out on Facebook. Uh, Facebook Messenger is probably um, maybe yeah. the easiest way. Awesome. And mm-hmm. can you remind us or spell your last name, please? Yeah, P-I-C-K-E-T-T. Randy, thanks so much again. It's been such a pleasure and an honor, and I'm so happy to have a woman like you who's here and willing to share your story and just talk about how we can make the world a better place. And by doing that, we're really building a sense of community, which is why we're here. So thanks again for sharing your story and your message. Thanks, Chrissy. Awesome. Well, season two, episode four, that's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Take care.